0: Just before we start the podcast, we would like to invite you to get a copy of our
1: new book called Living From Your Art. You can find it on any Amazon platform. You will see it's a very bright colored orange and yellow uh, book cover, and it was made for you artists because you help us live in a better world. We want to help you get more work. So thank you so much, and let's start this podcast.
0: (laughs) live on social media. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome for another episode of the Puppet Podcast. Yes, I'm Caroline and I'm doing this podcast with a lot of passion and I hope you enjoy it. And I want to make a like a, a vibe really friendly uh, to this. And it's funny because it's the second time I interview Eric because the first time we get some lagging problem and during the interview and we were just frozen, it was the beginning of the project. But now we are at episode one hundred twenty eight, and Eric is saying to me, just maybe we can do it again, trying to figure the technical aspect but it seems to have like a, an aura of technicality with Eric, but it's so fun. So everyone, thank you for watching first. And if you want to like talk to us during the, the live, feel free to write it down just below in the chat. We will see it. We can bring it into the guest and just discuss as the beauty of live interview on the web. So yeah, before we go into the interview, I just want to plug a bit. Of our patreon because we do workshop every month almost every month but every month since uh, a while the summer was a bit busy but now we we do that and those uh, workshop are about different subject but often it's about like the the how to promote the, the marketing aspect but also how to do crowdfunding this is our next workshop that we do so have a look on this platform and uh, yes, I hope you you will enjoy. We offered help to help artists to live from their art. So if you need anything, just write to us. And yes, it will be a pleasure to connect with you. So everyone, let's bring Eric. <laughs> but I'm not sure it's Eric. I see the virtual studio. Maybe it's a mystery, Some some new character who will appear because Eric is a pro of mask building and you have a lot of stuff to show us so let's see how it goes so ladies and gentlemen please drum roll for Eric Bornstein (laughs) a bit blurry but we see a character here
1: (laughs) I'm so nervous (laughs) I'm finally back with you Caroline I I was, I was, I'm so excited. I'm so excited just hearing about you guys. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Don't
0: be shy. We are super, so, super friendly and we have people watching from Mexico. So we are Mexico. all connected.
1: Hola, hola.
0: yes nice. Saludos. <laughs> Saludos, amigos. <laughs> So Eric, could you introduce yourself to the people the crowd who maybe don't know you I met you in Boston a few years ago but Around. I want the people to to know from your voice maybe you can this yeah <laughs> it's an appearance to do
1: <laughs> magic how's that how's that
0: <laughs> this is amazing
1: you're we so are talented <laughs> Wow, there's so much that we can be.
0: Yeah. Who are you, Eric? What do I you do? I just want to
1: celebrate all the all the the multitude in me and in you and in everyone every day. I mask making is a never-ending source whoop, of inspiration. I gotta stay on the camera here. I'm on wheels.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's puppetry.
1: <laughs> That's right. All right. so, so
0: so yeah, you build mask, but you do. do puppet also, and and we know that mask and puppetry are really connected.
1: Absolutely, and it's it's always fascinating to me why someone tends towards one or the other. I mean, yeah. there's now certainly I've I've really enjoyed the puppets that I've made, but I just naturally go towards the the mask where. You know, it's like in the, uh, the Javanese mask theater, they call it Wayang Wong, right? The human puppets. And the yeah. movement of the mask dancers is drawn from the, the performance of the Wayang Golek and Wayang Kulit, the, sh- the puppets. So, you know, the, the way that they move is taken from the puppets. So they're human puppets. I guess I kind of like the idea of transforming the body uh, to the char- into the character. Even though, of course, the obvious advantages of the puppet are that you can make it much more uh, distended or play with the proportions, make it very other. But yeah. the challenge of making a human being other apparently are appealing. I mean, I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. I, I think that the, um, the puppetry community is where I feel very much at home where i think people understand what i do better than many of the other subcultures where masks are used so there's a connection and i've been doing it for 40 years and i'm still working on the mask puppetry connection there's a lot of puppeteers that only make puppets there's a few that make a couple of masks for their show for a show and some that that make more masks but but still people usually tend to be more one or the other yes and, the- and that's what i'm interested in i think i think i i don't like working in miniature like i don't like making i don't enjoy just because of my eyes and my my big hands i think it makes uh-huh. it harder uh, and but even even with that there are large puppets i mean there's those puppets that you know you wear on your body and your arm becomes You know, you have the head that's the same size as your head, you know, and I'm fascinated with those. And I keep wanting to make one of those kind of puppets because it's like, oh, how perfect for a mask maker. It's a very quick transition. Yeah. And yet, yet, do I make them? No, (laughs) I mean, I want to, I I just forget. I, I like, I get the idea and I say, of course, perfect. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to make those kind of puppets. And then I just make more masks. And when someone, <laughs> if someone hires me to make a puppet, then I'm all, all about that, uh, trying to find the solutions.
0: Yeah. But- and you, you are really creative. I know that you are drawing, like, uh, with a great discipline every day. I, that, mm-hmm. That's what you show me. And you, you create, like, you really, um, you, you are the artist's lifestyle of, like, doing stuff. And creating oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I decided at a certain point, this is, this is all I, this is what I do. I mean, I just came from teaching a yoga class. But I find that the yoga practice, I mean, you have a physical practice as well. I mean, yeah. you, you know, to support yourself as an artist, it's, it's a balance. It's not like one is different than the other. They're just part of you. And they balance yeah. your, uh, everything what it's just what your body and your mind and your imagination need you know i know you do other things and you skate too don't you, you think <laughs> yeah <right>. holy moly
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we we are uh, proactive but that's true that physicality is really important to keep the shape of like the artist lifestyle at the same time than creating uh, absolutely daily.
1: it's it's important mentally as well i find you know my I mean, I've been doing art all my life from, even in the crib, I, I did, I did creative wall murals there, but, um, you know, <laughs> but I mean, I have drawings from, from the ones that I've, that are saved, that are dated, let's see, like from six years old on, I wow. have so many drawings and some of them are, are really developed and, uh-huh. and it, so, I mean, I've always been making art. It was just, it was just always there. And I always say that the reason I still do this now is that underneath, uh, I am still that eight-year-old that just yeah. every day yeah. I came home from school. I Well, I was making art in school too. And then I'd come home and I'd make art all day or I'd go in the forest. A lot of my art is inspired by being in nature. So I'd say that those are the, the natural things I've been going into the forest or by the ocean, climbing trees and uh, swimming and all of these things since very young age. And nature is is a large part of my influence and all the folklore about nature. Today in the studio with my intern, we listen to fairy tales all day. I wanted to give her a good overview of all the different folkloric and fairy tale traditions from whether it was the Grimm's or uh, Italo Calvino, P- Charles Perrault, uh, yeah. Madame Del- the white, the white cat. We did the whole, the white. She had never heard the white cat, so uh, and and so many of these. You know, we listened to folklore and fairy tales all day long, and that's another passion of mine. And I've yeah. been reading fairy tales since I was very little, and I still do, and it's still par- very much part of my work and uh, yeah. and what else i started doing yoga when i was 14 years old and that just okay that's part of my life plan
0: yeah and, uh, you have a lot of like decision aware decision to uh, to do uh, things yeah. like since you're young uh, yep. and cultivate it.
1: nature fairy tales yoga art they are all part of to me the complete man
0: that's amazing but let me ask you some some deep question because it's our second interview and i know i asked you deep question the first time but as it's the second one i prepare some of the question maybe that we can address in terms of i i feel you you are really into a, a mission as an artist like you really I feel you—you you have a duty, and, and I always say that it's—it's it's part of my vocabulary. The artists have a role in the society. It is just not entertainment. It's more than that. I want to hear you on your personal mis- mission as an artist.
1: Uh, this is deep. Oh, this is so deep. just the light—just the light questions. Well, <laughs> yeah, clearly there's a mission, and I should—you um, know—I should really write that i mean I've, I've written artist statements about what i do but that's a different question to yeah. explain what i do uh, but to really focus that question on my mi- on my mission i think i like to remind people that that this is possible i think that we're brought up that you're supposed to be like this you're supposed to fit into the mainstream you're supposed to do everything like other people do it and there's a lot of folks that kind of co-opt your identity they tell Uh you i you know my parents said i went to college pre-med until i like like what what what's going on i you know and switch to uh (laughs) you know they had an idea that because i was smart that i should be a doctor a lawyer or something like that at the very least a businessman well i've been i've become none of those things and those were never my path but i've i've met so many people in life whether it's just society as a whole uh the approval or disapproval of of a variety of of people that try to tell you who they are who, who you are and yeah. i've always known what i love i've always known it and that's what i love and so i guess i've had to learn certain boundaries and certain a uh, certain stubbornness I talked to a wonderful artist, uh, Tim Clark. Uh, we did a panel together uh, last year. Uh, I was at recently at the Comic Con, and so I do panels on uh, creature creation and on careers in the visual arts. You know, in the yeah. arts. And last year, the two of us were on the panel together, and I, I was talking with him uh, last weekend, and he was telling me more about his family. Like, like his parents were completely supportive, and. All, all his siblings were into the arts. And when one left the arts, they became, uh, they, they took care of gardens and flowers and trees. You know, like those are the things that their family just naturally, it's like, yeah, that's great too. And so for me, there were no artists in my family. Nowhere. And so I was an odd duck. There, was, there were really almost no artists in the town I grew up. So there were no artists in my peer group. Um, although my best friend who's still my friend is, was, is a photographer and writer. So we Mm. got together, we connected, but that was it. That was my only friend that, that even had an appreciation for the arts. So I grew up in a bit of a vacuum where it was really my vision and I was just very stubborn and single-minded. I knew what I liked and I just did it. And of course, it's mm-hmm. the most impractical thing one can do in life. And my family reminded me of it every single day. And it's not like I've become a better businessman about it or a more clever marketer. I mean, you know me, right? I am <laughs> I am neither of those things. I just work hard every day and my heart is 100% in it. And so yeah. I say to people, I joke and say I am part role model and part cautionary tale. I mean... <laughs> This can't possibly exist, and yet here I am, another day.
0: Yeah, but you're unique. That's that's the 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 resume of it. I think you are unique, and you you have something different to offer to the world. But I, I'm I'm kind of curious about the business aspect. The fact that you said that you're not into business it, it it's interesting to me because we yeah, talked about talking- that a lot about what is the art business? We call it show business, but how yeah. is to live from this building creativity? And, and I, I want to hear you on that because you diversify also what you offer. You offer English, uh, yoga stuff and, and internship, and, uh, but how you, you make that as a, like a business, a living business as a, a creator and an artist. This is deep. Uh,
1: well, my, well, my father used to say, uh, he was a salesman and an antique dealer. He'd say, we lose money on every sale, but we make it up in volume. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what he really means, is, like he was a very dynamic, charismatic man. And he just was always moving forward and just always engaged. And it, and so there was just something about the momentum that was created that that just seemed to be impossible, but it was always sustainable. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, he was better, of course, with money than I am. But um, I think that it's because I'm relentless. I just put my head down. You know, I, I, I come out of surgery and I'm back in the studio and I come out of some crisis and I'm back in the studio or I'm, I'm in, having a, another disaster, but I still w- getting my work done. Like, how, yeah. what is that? I, I get my heart broken and I'm still in the studio I I always my advice to like my, my son or to other people is let the river of art flow. Keep it flowing. Yeah. One thing yeah. I've never I've never had is whatever they call like writer's block. Like, you know, yeah. those dry spells where all of a sudden you think, oh, it's all dried up. I I don't have any ideas. I've never experienced that. It's just a constant flow yeah. of the river of art. I'll never live long enough to do all the things that i have that i want to do you could leave me anywhere and i will create projects there and that's uh, it's just part of my nature and then i try to then of course like you said so i have my nature and what's natural for me and then i try to make it work in today's society our capitalist society um you know having a house having a kid having you know, just just being functional in the neighborhood and all of that. It's um, it, I I was explaining to my intern today, and I said since my the 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 business of being an artist is so unsure, just living on the knife's edge. It's so you you just never know when. Every, it's just so unpredictable that all the qualities that I can have that are that I can cultivate that are stable. Those uh-huh. I, I'm very. I, I get up every morning at seven and I have breakfast and coffee and I have lunch at noon, between noon and one. I have dinner at a certain time. I get regular exercise. I drink plenty of water. I all, you know, like I try to be as stable. I've had the same phone number for 20 years. I've had the same address for almost 20 years. I'm, I'm, I'm very dependable. I, I, I read my emails every day. I, I, I follow up phone calls. I so anything that I can be consistent with and stable with, um, I I am because yeah. the nature of what I do is the opposite of that. Yeah, because I, what and, I do is the most impossible, ridiculous thing that you could do in this life.
0: It's it's good advice at the same time because I, I, I won't I won't say that it's ridiculous to create.
1: But no, if, of the, course, it's ridiculous according to a capitalist mainstream yeah. urban society. Yes, I was, I was, that was in my face every day growing up. And it's that's kind of, my,
0: it's not serious. It's not like uh, right. traditional or that yes. how that's many times, sure? How many
1: times does a young person hear, well, you know, when you get, you know, you get out of high school, or when you get out of college, you have to go in the real world. You know, you have to yeah. give up all those dreams and all those ideas and the real world, the real world. It's like, you know, I've been creating this real world here around me for 40 years. And you know, when people yeah. are in here, they, they like it. And it's pretty yeah. real for me. And um, I feel very much at home here. This is yes. it's very real. And I'm able to address a lot of, of issues. Uh, it, it keeps me young. It helps me process. I mean, I'm very um, empathic. That's I, I, why I spend a lot of time in the studio because I, I feel a lot of things. I think about a lot of things and it, I don't understand how non-artists can, can deal with all of that. Um, you, I think my head would explode if I couldn't address those thoughts or those yeah. feelings. But making art every day, it's a pressure valve release as well but I get to engage. How can I make art about certain social issues? How can I make art that addresses, you know, my personal politics or how can I support other artists? Um, like, cause that's politics too. When you support yeah. some of the sort of uh, fringe artists, there are a lot of the neo burlesque uh, folks around here get, there's some really brilliant, uh, you know, women that are working here that are, that when I, I make pieces that, that support their shows, I get to deal with subject matter that's really on the edge and very yeah. exciting to work with, but also I'm supporting uh, these artists that, I mean, yeah. what they're doing is more impossible than what I'm doing. And yeah. there's a lot of, I you know, I look at, at women making art and just out there putting themselves in the line, you know, that's, that's harder. I mean, as hard as it is for me, and it is hard, I look at folks, people of color, um, you know, women, uh, people, you know, uh, LGBT yeah. people, you know, it, yeah. it gets harder and harder and harder. So what can I do? I try to get involved in all of those areas and have the art that I do support different uh, different people, different individuals, different groups, different uh, that's ideas. So,
0: that, that's key that you said, like the support aspect but also like your personal discipline in that. I think it's, it's really inspiring. And we have Tina who had on this, love the spirit, follow the dream of creativity. Thank you, Tina, for this lovely command. It's really, uh, yeah, the, the combination of, uh, for success. And she approved on that because that's true that to, to be disciplined could bring will bring you somewhere. You maybe don't know where, but as you support other artists and you you create every day, you will arrive at some point in. in, in at the other hand, with good creativity, <laughs> yeah, that's the time to show some stuff to the audience. Whoa, yeah, this is kind of a mythological also a creature. Really interesting.
1: Well, you know, I was doing there was a um, there's a horror burlesque group that I work with from time to time. We've done Revenge of the Robot Battle Nuns and and uh, <laughs> and Spider Cult, the musical and uh, and they, the, the group, the Slaughterhouse Society, uh, did a, a production of a sort of burlesque. I don't know how to describe it because it's not any burlesque that you would even think of but they did a production of Dracula with a female Dracula and just a whole, and they, they mashed together Jekyll and Hyde and the wolf. Uh, there was a female uh, werewolf that was phenomenal. And so anyway, I made like 13 different masks. And so when I was doing some of Dracula's cohorts, they, I had started to make one that had this basic shape. Oh, Yeah, I, I can have- go
0: larger here.
1: I have to go backwards. Oh, yeah, that's better. Yeah. I can see a little better. And um, although when I turn, I, there. Yeah, okay. it's
0: inverted. it's really it's backwards,
1: backwards. So um, so I had made this shape, but then she didn't, she didn't want this particular, she wanted some, a different type of aesthetic. So I put this aside, but I had this laying around. I mean, it didn't have ears, it didn't have hair or anything. It was just the basic shape um, and she didn't want it. So I went and I did all that. And then I said, well, what what about this? Who could this be? And I'm thinking, you know, it's giving me a um a vibe kind of like like Ursula from Little Mermaid or mm-hmm. like a, a sea witch. And so yeah. I started to to do this, and then I, I have like a lobster, lobster claw hanging from the ear, and 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 then I somebody had given me some of this blue hair, so I I I used some of it on the top, and then I said, Well. I think that she should have a sister. And so I, um, I started playing with that. And, and then I, (laughs) I started doing this way and, yeah, and she's got the sharp teeth and she has a little different um, vibe. And then I made some, get some different ears. Oh, how do I turn it this way and made some ears for her? Where's the ears there? And then there was somebody that I know and I was thinking of these as being fairly large female characters and I could probably wear one if we have the right costuming and maybe some gloves, some shimmery gloves. But then one of my uh, colleagues um, and she's a wild actor, but she's like 90 pounds. She's like, I want to wear one of those. And it's like, well, wait a minute, let me, uh, let me make one for you. And, um, so I made one that kind of looks like her. I just decided, okay, there's gonna be three sisters, and it's like, oh, that's perfect. three witches. You always have three the three sisters yeah. because it's like uh you know like hocus pocus, et cetera. So I yeah. only had a little I only had a little bit of blue hair left and and so and and oh. and i I've got a little nose ring in her, and i I'll do a bigger one, but then I made one with a narrow face for her. So they they each each of the three has a different personality. You know, like like in the movie Hocus Pocus or that sort yeah. of thing. Or the three witches.
0: It's it's interesting to start like your creation. Let's say you give those objects to creator and they start from this mask to create their character and the, right. the show arrive so, after. So it's well, so
1: that's that's all it was. I just had this studio orphan kicking around and it just got my imagination going. And so to me, a mask is a story that's come to life. Like, mm-hmm. why would you make a mask if, you, if it didn't have a story? So yeah. masks are all about storytelling. So I see this orphan and I just kind of flesh it out. It like sits on my wall and I, I pass by it and I think about it. And then one day I have a, I have a few hours and I, I make it into something. Over the yeah. pandemic, I had also had an opportunity to make this um, green Tara, Whoa. Sort of being, uh, a Bodhisattva. I, I wish this was focused, I, yeah. um, so that you could see this more clearly. But this is a uh, 23 karat gold leaf, and wow. um, and it's got a really lovely green patina, and yeah. um, and she's and, and glass eyes. I don't know if you can. Yeah, long yeah, long. yeah.
0: We see, we see we see it,
1: and it's it's
0: it's powerful. Those objects are really like magic.
1: Yeah. So it's it's. But then you go right from what is this? And then this here's a piece. Actually, I I need to ship. I need to box it and ship it tomorrow. So this is um, a piece. It's a cosplay piece. It's worn on the head like this. And it's from the anime Bleach. So a lot of the work I do is for cosplayers, uh-huh. and and this is a wedding present for somebody. Um, the guy called me up and he wanted a wedding present for a friend, and she loves this uh, this anime and this character that wears this skull. And so this is oh. the this is the piece from the anime. And so uh, I've been waiting for him. I told him, oh. Why don't you write her a personal letter? Because what he, he explained to me, he said, well, I said, tell me your story. I always, that's what I tell a client. Tell me your story. You yeah. know, I want to hear your story. I want to know why do you want me to bring your dream to life? I want to know your dream. So yeah. he, he said, well, there was a time I was really down and out. And this woman was very kind and generous and helped me out. And she's getting married now. And she really, this would be something very special to her. So I said, well, I'm honored that you, you chose me to, I and he, I, don't, I don't know how people find me. I really don't. I don't market, it, but I, I get, I guess, good word of mouth. And so he said, I researched and you, I knew you were the, you're the one to make this for me. And it was like, <laughs> I mean, he's from another state. I mean, I don't even know who, you know, and, and I, I'm very flattered and touched but I told him I was honored to be part of his, his beautiful idea to share this uh-huh. with this, this uh, dear friend. And uh, so I told him also to write a handwritten letter and I would decoupage it to the inside of the mask before I send it. So I've been yeah. waiting, for, you know, but of course you ask somebody to write something from their heart, nobody wants to handwrite anything anymore. So I've been waiting like already a week, it's been finished. So I, I, I brought it to the convention and I showed it because over at the convention, people, they know the anime.
0: Yeah. So they,
1: they appreciate uh, seeing this. So-
0: yeah. To see the accuracy also, how you build something and you you are like kind of like uh, right into the details and you're able to, to build it. We are almost at the end, Eric. No. No. <laughs> did, you, did you want to have dinner? <laughs> This is amazing. This is really, as you said, giant puppetry or animated puppets with the body. I really feel that you are a further than just the mask aspect. <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing. This is so. Uh, I'm cool. just
1: silly. I'm just silly. You know, I say all mask, all mask work, all art is play, and yeah. all art is invention. Yeah but we take it seriously. We take our play very seriously. It becomes our profession, but what a great profession to be professional. Play, play partners. Like, and I, and that's what I, that's part of my mission. I really just want to collaborate. I want, I like to play with other people. I like to have my alone time. I I need a lot of solitary time, but when I come out, I love playing with people like, um, I have a, a, a wonderful performer um, who comes in on every Friday. We're, we're putting a show together, she, uh, Chiara Durazzini. She wrote Pinocchio, a commedia Adventure. Right before the uh, pandemic, we did Pinocchio uh, that February before the March. And uh, I made 13 masks for Pinocchio with the nose and all of that. Now that's something that's usually a puppet show, but we did it with masks. And so yeah. we're, we're bringing it back. I'm going to play Geppetto and all of these characters. Oh, my God. And she's very small. She plays Pinocchio and uh, she's brilliant. And um, with her Italian accent and all of that. And it's yeah. It's, but we, we want to when,
0: see that when we oh,
1: believe me, you'll know. But when okay. she came over here, we were going to release an excerpt. So, so I like back a couple months ago. I said, well, come home to my studio on Friday at 10 o'clock. We'll we'll work on the excerpt. Well, we came in. She says, Eric, Eric, look at all these masks everywhere. We have to make a show. We're going to make a show with these masks. And we started writing a new show. That's just like all masks from everywhere. From all the (laughs) way back in history, from the beginning of time. And your then we studio do, okay. is
0: really is impressive, actually. It's really inspiring. I think you you could just put picture of your studio online, and and we could have like a blast of like doing a tour around.
1: Well, anytime you're in the area, we can we can do stuff. Yeah, so every, everybody knows this one, right?
0: Yeah, and if people want to know more about you, like where they they should look, yeah, Vendetta.
1: Yeah, the wonderful movie. If they want to find me, it's good to find me on Facebook. My my website is uh, it's a little old, and I haven't done anything to it in about 10 years. So it has connection. I mean, it, it's okay. It's there, behindthemask.org. Uh, uh-huh. But find me on Facebook at Eric Bornstein, E-R-I-C. Oh, right there. See that little yeah, red? Yeah, just see it. here. Boom, here. Oh, okay. to- It's just there.
0: Write that down. And yes, you will reach Eric. And yes, we need to find a better camera to do a tour into your studio another time. This
1: camera has always worked in the past, but I don't (laughs) use it. I usually do uh, this sort of thing through my phone, but the phone wouldn't work for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes we are in the Halloween mood now. Yeah, thank you so much, Eric. You're amazing, and we have, uh, Juliano, Julio, Julio. Say the philosophical sense of what a mask is very important. What what it is, and hola from Mexico. Thank you, Julio. So interesting, a fantôme de l'opéra. <laughs> Amazing. Eric, I will have to push you out of the screen, but I think we could have like do a tour of your studio all day, all night to see all those creations that you have around. And people, if you go in Boston area, yes, contact Eric, go in the studio, just this, you will have a blast of creation.
1: I'll even make lunch for you.
0: (laughs) Or or you can can eat donut. We eat donut a morning didn't we Did we yeah when i food? come to visit you you bring me in the donut store and we we well, eat those big big cronut donut. i don't know those well donuts. the next
1: time the next time i'll make real food for you okay all right
0: yeah i love to cook yeah. too.
1: so that's amazing all right so this was a success even with the blurry but the third time will be the charm we'll get everything yeah. right
0: yeah, and we will do a, a studio tour. We will focus on this aspect.
1: Perfect. Okay. Yes,
0: thank you so much. Stay in the studio. We could chat after that, but I will push you out of the screen. One, two, three. We say bye-bye, Eric. Drew. Everyone, thank you so much for watching. It's, this was amazing just to, to chat. It's kind of like the second interview of someone, and it's funny how we can just go all over the place with other kind of questions. Always deep as the Puppet Podcast. So yeah, <laughs> way to go, Eric. Thank you, Timari. That's so cool. And yeah, thank you. We have people asking me, like, congratulations for baby. Yeah, <laughs> so, so cute. So cute, everyone, to, to have you following up what we do and, and let's connect all puppetry and artists all together and just promote what we do because what we do is amazing and we need more people knowing about art and just understand it. So yeah, that was my little speech. So have a look on our Patreon. Let me just bring that into the screen. We have the the Patreon here. patreon community if you want to know more about what we do but we are all over the place now on linkedin we can do some live over there and we we stream on uh we have the audio aspect of those podcasts so feel free to just connect when you're building puppets or you're doing art you can listen those podcasts is always inspiring so everyone have a safe uh, save time and keep creating and we will see you soon for another episode next week of the puppet podcast bye